Overtime win in Starkville, Mississippi for 2-0. 2-0 for Mississippi State. Got to run the table on your non-conference games, and you feel like they just did that. They got Western Michigan and Southern Miss left. Um, It gets real this weekend. A top five recruiter comes into town in the LSU Tigers. It's the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game. It is an 11 a.m. kick. You will have to get up early and get out to the junction. Although it may be like 60-something degrees. If you do try to grab an hour of tailgating prior to the game, which is pretty awesome. Um, I tailgated for about an hour uh, Saturday, and the food was amazing. They went with uh, Obie's. Wow. I was I was impressed. Out of Bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone is brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save with your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent and hit favorites.com. To get a quote in four minutes or less, we welcome in Steve Robertson, jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. Um, I read some of his board yesterday and this morning. And, uh, boy, you can get a consensus on anything, or maybe not. Uh, Steve, good win for Zach Arnett. Arizona's got some players. Jed Fish has done a a good job there. Uh, Delora can play. Their offensive line is is really good. Um, Jet Johnson, Mark, some other dudes played well. Uh, there was a lot of back and forth. What's your... What's your one big takeaway on Saturday night? Mississippi State won the football game. That's the that's the biggest one, right? The second thing that I would say is defensively, this team can be dangerous. This is a team, and it's interesting, too, that I think it's pro football focus that said uh, they had 40 dropbacks. The state got pressure on 21 of them. You know, and, and listen, let's be honest. You're not going to see a lot of quarterbacks like Jaden Dolores' mobility. You're going to see another one this weekend, you know, with uh, Jaden Daniels. But – I think defensively, this is a team that can that can really slow some people down and probably keep State in every football game for the most part this year. They're going to keep them in the game. It's going to be up to the offense to win it. Okay. Um, so I said all offseason, I banged the drum that, you know, going from the pure air raid to anything, it would not matter what you went to. Any 900 variations of the spread, whatever, that would be a, a difficult transition. Um. Early on, it looked good. I didn't agree with going for it on fourth and four, by the way. I, I think fourth and one, the way that Woody Marks can plow through, I'm all about it. I like I, I like to get points when you're in a fourth and four situation in that close. How do you see that, Steve? Well, and, and Zach admitted in postgame, he should have taken the points. But especially in a game that you know might be a little bit nip and tough, you don't want to be chasing points that early in the ball game. I mean, you had a very methodical and well-thought-out drive. You went basically right down the field, and uh, you need to come away with points there. And Because when you when you go for it and you don't get it, you give them juice. They're already you know, the team that's expected to lose the ball game. Uh, it's a good atmosphere, and so people are rocking, and you're about to go in and take an early lead. When you don't get it, the mojo jumps sidelines. Now, they didn't take advantage of that. No. But, uh, there could be some games in the future where you get a little bit loose and fast with uh, – you know, the expectations of football and they come back to cost you. And in some respects, it, it did. If you have that field goal later in that ball game, it's a little bit different. Of course, the complexity of the game changes over 60 minutes. But uh, now you got to take those points early. And, and Arnett did admit that post game. All right. So they dominate in the first quarter. 127 yards of their 272 are in the first quarter. 
Things are rolling. Delora looks a little bit like the lights are bright for him. He's turning it over. And then Arizona keeps the ball basically 95% of the time in the second and third quarter. So people are like, well, why didn't you run the play? Well, you can't run offensive plays if you're not on the field. Arizona flipped the script, and they score on the way in at half. At that point, what are you thinking, Steve? Well, I'm thinking State has squandered an opportunity to really get some separation in this ballgame. I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, the second quarter. State had one real possession in that quarter. That's it. Arizona did a great job. And, of course, they had chances to get off the field. But it's a 19-play drive that, uh, you know, ends when Sean Preston just blows up Jacob Cowing. And then you go down and have a chance to kick a field goal to make it a pre-possession game before the half. You missed it. You missed. But, you know, I think maybe the bigger the bigger issue is the, that really an unnecessary hold hold right there at the at the point of attack. I mean, I think Woody's probably going to clear that and score, not, not to beat up Cole Smith, who's been outstanding. Uh, but that's a missed opportunity there were to make it a three-possession game. And we're having a different conversation today, and I really think that the impressions by many of Mississippi State football would be different today uh, if you get any points on that drive. And then you don't, and then you, you give up with, what, 48 seconds to go? You give up that uh, that ridiculous, you know, basically just throw it up for grabs play, and McMillan beats two defenders, and next thing you know, they got a touchdown. And watching the game yesterday uh, intently, I don't think he got in. Uh, I know that, that they rolled him in because there was no evidence to overturn it. But uh, the call on the field stood because I think a, a, uh, an official you know, kind of uh, anticipated the call there because he did not cross the goal line with the football. Uh, Nathan Pickering had the football. But be that as it may, the bottom line is the state offense should have scored to make a three-possession game, and you can't give up that play. I mean, that's, that's the first thing you, you hear as you play football as a defensive back. On situations like that, Hail Mary situations, you don't let people get behind you, and they did. Okay, so then the the second half plays out. Uh, Mississippi State scores late in the third. I thought, you know, to Tulu. Uh, all right, so the one bright spot was Rod. Let, let's let's talk about some some good things because they won. Uh, the the Rogers to Tulu, I thought was and and Marks early. The Rodgers to Tulu was, I thought, a very bright spot in the game. What did you think, Steve? Yeah, especially on that, you know, when, when State needed to go back down and take the lead. I mean, basically, you go out there and you go five wide and kind of go back to some air raid concepts. And and uh, I'd like to know exactly what Will Rogers said. I tried to make it out yesterday on the replay. Um, I don't know if he's saying, let me play or, you know, something along those lines, but I think in situations like that, when you absolutely have to have a score, I think you got to put Will in the most comfortable setting possible. Yes. I think you got to let him – I don't even let him call the plays, but the reality of it is is I think you've got one of the most prolific passers in the history of the Southeastern Conference, a guy that's won a lot of football games wearing maroon and white. And in that scenario, they did let Will do what he what Will does, and he finds Tulu, and then it's a bonehead uh, flag on the sidelines to make it 15 more. And again, a drive that you got to finish. You know, you end up getting a field goal there, but uh, they kind of had a little malaise roll in once they got down there uh, near the red zone. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. 
even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Mm. Uh, So Arizona had the ball 19 minutes in the second and third quarter. So you can't generate the plays and the reps that you want. Um, We know that Zach told Barbe after the 19-play drive, the defense needs a rest. Um, you know, so, so run it. So when you kind of mix all that up, Steve, you've got 39 running plays and 17 passing plays. I expect that to come close to flipping going forward. Um, I said close, not totally. No. Well, you're going to run more plays than that. Or you, you damn sure hope that you're going to run more than 57 plays. Anyway, I think they need to be 70, 30, 65, 35, throwing the football. What do you think? Well, I think you got to have better balance than you had on Saturday. I think you kind of skewed too much in the wrong direction. And, and yeah, it's interesting, too, that people are, are critical of uh, – Harnett for saying after that 19 play drive, hey, the defense needs a blow. That, that's football 101. Right. Yeah. I mean, you go out there and you start throwing that thing around, you go three and out, put a tired defense back on the field. You're just asking to get beat. And so, yeah, you've got to do that. And uh, again, you know, state puts a few things together there, but just don't, this doesn't end the drive. And that, I think that's really the message offensively is whatever you have to do in those situations where you get separation, you've got to finish drives. And you can't get out there and get a little bit too cute and, we knew there was going to be some growing pains on offense. Like you said, I mean, it was never going to be a seamless Ugh. transit. Uh, but, yeah, you see, you had a lot of growing pains, I thought, Saturday night. But at the end of the day, you have growing pains, but you still win the ball game, and you're 2-0 and today. Okay. Uh, the offensive line and the pressure up the middle um, on Will. Obviously, it makes any quarterback uncomfortable. You just mentioned all the things that Will does well. One of the things that, you know, he str- he's, he's not mobile. And he's not fast or quick. So, how do they counter that going forward, Steve? I think you got to stay out of predictable passing downs for one, and uh, that's the thing that's kind of frustrating too. You're supposed to have that extra blocker with a tight end. I mean, and they got a lot of pressure off the edge too. And uh, there were a couple of plays that I don't know if we dismissed it in pre-snap read, but they were off the edge before anything really happened. And, and listen, you're not going to see a lot of fronts exactly like this one, you know, especially with uh, with Norton there in the middle. He's not a ground gainer, but he's a guy that eats up space and opens up opportunities for linebackers. But, you know, one of the things that I found interesting, you know, kind of watching the game back yesterday, because, you know, but when you're at the game, you miss so much. Sure. Every time Mike Wright came in the game, it was an all-out run blitz. Every linebacker on the field fit a gap. Every single time Mike Wright was on the field. And they don't respect his ability to pass, which is rather interesting considering the snaps he's taken as an SEC quarterback. And I think State's gotten a little bit too predictable right on the field. I think now it's, maybe you roll it out against LSU, but he's got to be able to throw the football to hold defenses honest because every single time he was on the field, you basically got seven blitzing 
every single play. And you'll see those linebackers, they don't even hesitate. They just pin their ears back and explode on the snap. And uh, as a result, Mike wasn't nearly as effective. I think you know, that's one of the reasons you signed him. And I think our use of him Saturday was rather interesting. There are a couple times he wasn't in there on short yardage. But, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot of wrinkles left. I mean, I've been to a lot of practices, and so I've seen what they can do. But I think we got very predictable with right on the field Saturday. That's got to change. Okay. Maybe Barbe got a little tight um, with what happened in the second and third quarter. Like you said, the, the offense sat over there forever. Um during the second, third quarter. And as you know, Arizona got the ball back in the in the second half to start it off. So it just felt like... I, I did think that um, Arnett needed to call timeouts um, going into halftime. I just felt like you got to um, maybe give yourself some time, try to get Will hooked up with Tulu and you know try to boogie down the field for, for 40 yards. How did you see that? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those deals, too. I know you want to get into the half there, but... Uh... I, I just go back to that that play where there was the uh, the pass interference on Furge, and they initially ruled that that, that player reception. Well, that review is a thirty-seven yard differential, right? Because okay, you're going to decline the penalty and take the big gain down the field. Well, then it was clearly not a reception, so they backed that off. Now they accept the penalty. So instead of them being in, in prime position, they're back across the fifty on their side of the field. You've got to get off the field there, no matter right. what the time looks like no matter what the offensive situation looks like you've got to get them off the field and um and not give up points and they did and that's one of those things again that we talk about giving people juice they hadn't had anything to feel about feel good about the entire first half other than the fumble on the first drive and now you've given that to them right i mean you, think about how debilitating it is when you drive 19 plays down the field and you've got your best receiver out there in, in space and you're thinking, okay, we're about to cash this thing in, and then he fumbles, and State gets it back. I mean, that that that, that most people would have quit right there, and State had a chance to beat him in the submission by converting on that drive, but they didn't. And then all of a sudden, you have this just throw it up for grabs play, and it's like they've got juice. They have not played well for two quarters, and have nothing to show for it, and you just kind of gift them an opportunity. And that, that those are the kinds of things that get you beat, and you got to clean that up. Steve Robertson on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Mississippi State's 2-0. and That was a huge win for a young coach like Zach Arnett, who turned 37 yesterday um, in, in a game that you could have lost. And I think Arizona's scrappy and more than solid and has a couple of NFL dudes on the O-line. And I think Delora would – he'd be hell – well, he'd be really good in this Mississippi State offense. You drop him at Auburn. You drop him at LSU. Watch out. Um Okay, let's go to the defensive side of the football. Travion Williams played early. John Lewis, uh, were you impressed? You know, they need to get Travion Williams up and rolling. He needs to be an impact player sooner than later. Were you impressed by his play? Yeah, I was, and I thought John Lewis flashed a little bit too. State played a lot of people. They rotated a good bit, especially up front. I think linebackers really the only position you didn't see a lot of rotation. But, uh, yeah. They've got some young guys out there that have some talent that kind of enable you to keep those, uh, you know, those starters fresh. And I thought that was a sequence again. It's like back-to-back weeks where Nathan Pickering just kind of takes over a game. Um, I think you're really starting to get value out of him. But I think when you look at Travion Williams, I think that's a part of the equation, right? I mean, when you've got a guy in there that that can play at a high level, it enables you to keep that guy a little bit fresher longer. And so, uh, I, I'm not worried about the front. And it's interesting to see people say. But we didn't get pressure. Well, I think Jaden Delara would certainly disagree with that. That kid was running for his life most of the ball game. The difference is you just couldn't get him on the ground. Right. That doesn't, 
you know, you still influence the passer. I mean, you know, there were a lot of plays, passes early on in the ball game. Um, that kid was completely shook. And next thing you know, he just goes back to being an athlete. And I think when you look at the play calling in that second half, you know, they, they really didn't dial up vertical very often. They were working the perimeter a little bit, and they had a nice little concept where they have Michael Wiley step up the block, and then they just kind of slip him out. He just kind of chips the defender and gets it out there in the flats where he's wide open in space. And so give uh, Jet Fish and those guys a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of credit for battling back, but also having a pretty good plan there, especially in the second half, to, to kind of slow things down for Delora because I think left to his own devices, he may have thrown six picks. I mean, he, he was just <laughs> completely overwhelmed by the environment. He was. So. He was. He's a heck of a player and competitor, Steve, which I, I think you agree with. But that, that first quarter, uh, they just don't play in those kind of atmospheres out, out west. They just well, – you know, what's interesting about that, too, is he said during press conference this week that there's no way it's louder than the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, to give the kid a little bit of uh, grace, we, we didn't really comment on that or make a big deal about it in articles or anything. But I thought to myself, man, you poor young child, that, they, that this, you're, what you're entering in is anything like the Pac-12 where they get about 40% capacity. Right. It's absolutely ridiculous to make that, that assertion. But he didn't know. He knows now. You know, he knows now, and he has the box score to prove it. Uh, but i tell you this, that kid, I don't know what happens with him long term, but that's a kid that's not going to quit. No. And uh, at every opportunity to quit and just say, you know, it's not our day, you know. and uh, But in, instead, he goes down to the last play of the game. He's tough as hell, Steve. Um, I, I know he's not built like Nick Fitzgerald um, and Matt Corral. Those guys just took blow after blow, hit after hit. This dude is tough, and I'll be interested to see, like you said, what all he does on some of those weaker defenses out west. Okay, let's go to this weekend. Steve Robertson, uh, 247 Sports, Jeans Page, uh, the Boneyard Podcast. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. LSU's coming into town. They have more talent. 11 a.m. game. They didn't play well a couple weeks ago. They got right against Grambling, whatever. Here we go. Steve, the, the line's about nine. Um, when you look at what the Mississippi State offensive line has been able to do to date, knowing what LSU, I mean, this may not be their their best defensive line, but know the players that they have. What do you think Barbe and Will are going to try to do as they start to install the next few days? And that's really a great question. I think, you know, really what you got to do against LSU to have any hope is, you know, You've got to be able to run wide. You know, that that's defensively, they're always going to be strong up front. I mean, that's just LSU. They got shoved around a little bit by Florida State. And I think, you know, two weeks into the season, I think people are really starting to appreciate the fact Florida State might be back. I yeah. mean, Mike probably coaching for his job. And, and all of a sudden you look up and, you know, Southern Miss is a very quality G5 team, and they absolutely pushed them all the way around the field, you know. Um I think you've got to be able to burn the edges, and I think you've got to be able to take some shots. And that was one of the things, too, I think a lot of fans were, were concerned about over the weekend is, yeah, Will was very efficient. I don't think anybody's blaming Will Rogers for anything. You know, I think Will played well, uh, but I think he needs more opportunities. I think you have to use the offense and uh, the passing game to kind of spread those guys out, make them defend every blade of grass, and you've got to be able to use Woody on the edges. You know, State did not have a ton of success running up the middle against Arizona, and that that's not a criticism of your front. It's really a tribute to theirs. And uh, there were some guys, too, like Jeffrey Pittman at the time, missed a hole or two. And, uh, but I saw that. 
all game every game. You know, you got to have some guys come in, and I think Seth Davis is a guy that can. And, and I think Seth could be big in this ball game against LSU because of his foot speed. And you know, he's a guy that's a little bit smaller guy behind a pretty massive offensive line. So I think you run some counter type stuff and you're able to try to get him out there on the edge. But you know, we're riders going to have to the football to keep us defense honest. If not, you're going to have an offensive performance similar to what you had in that second half where they're just kind of lining up and determined to stop the run. And probably the biggest question mark I have about the whole thing is Arizona was beat up in a secondary and missing two starters. And you didn't have Maldonado for a half. I don't understand why state didn't test that secondary a lot more, especially later in the ball game when they were bringing those hippies up and trying to stick the run. You know, why not take a play action shot? I know there's a couple of times they tried to, and, you just couldn't get it done, but you're going to have to do that against LSU. You're going to have to be able to strike the field horizontally and vertically to have a chance in this ball game. Yeah, I think a, it, some people aren't going to like this, Steve, but I think a conservative approach is just not the right way. I mean, you're not supposed to win the game. I, Dan Mullen was unbelievable for his nine years, considering the all you know there were some misses, but but start to finish. But I thought Dan was too conservative many a Saturdays went against somebody who out-recruited you by, you know, 20 or so spots, 20, 25 spots. Sometimes you got to let it rip, man, in these games. What What is your reaction to kind of my – I think back that 2017 game against Alabama, right, when you – know, When he punted on Bama's 41 and you're running well, I, for four and a half yards of carry? Before that, though, it's like you come out and you punch those guys in the mouth and State should have won the ball game, and then we go back to the Mullen malaise late. I mean, if Dan continues to call that game with the reckless abandon that he had the first three quarters of the game, uh, you probably got some different graphics at Davis Wade Stadium today because that's how significant that win would have been. But there were some other games, as you mentioned, where Dan kind of played not to lose. I think in a game like this, that's exactly the wrong approach. I agree. I go out there from the very the very first snap and go out there and throw a haymaker, and you never know, it might land. And it gives your team some confidence. We talked about that first drive against Arizona. You give them juice. You can give yourself some juice. You go out there, but if, you know, if we're just going to go three yards in a cloud of dust, uh, next Monday when you and I talk on the phone, there's going to be a lot of really frustrated Mississippi State fans. Well, you, so you're Zach Arnett. You, you're not supposed to win the game. Um, I, I just think, yeah, I just think you've got to have an approach to go get it. And and to to let it rip and and play some wide open offense and just see where see where it all falls. Um, oh, real quick, do I have? Yeah, Xavion. Uh, you know the punt return. I think he was in there on thirteen snaps, but didn't touch it on those. I don't think. Uh, how healthy is he, Steve? He's still not quite a hundred percent, but uh, yeah, I mean he could have gone last week. But why do you waste him? You know, why do you run the you know, the risk of? you know, further injury, you know, but, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll gradually get a little bit better, but yeah, I mean, just having him out there as a punt returner, is very significant. And you, and you saw that on that first drive, you know, of the second half where, you know, state gets a three and out and he gets a punt on the, on the run and gets it down to the 30. And that's one thing with this yardage disparity. I mean, state was blessed with a short end of the field several times in the ball game, you know, so, uh, I, I don't even think the stats are that significant in that respect because of the way the state set up shop. But it's just about finishing drives. I think Xavion's a guy that can put you in a position uh, to give you some advantage and some shorter fields against an LSU defense. It's been a little bit shaky in the secondary. They time, have. So. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Dettelier said this is not a rock star secondary. We'll see if Barbe and Will want to exploit it. How, how it doesn't look like he is yet. Do you think Justin Robinson can get to whatever, 90% by Saturday morning? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there was not a lot of discussion, you know, or concern about him last week. You know, he just, you know, basically his job was to be a perimeter blocker in Piers and uh, did a pretty good job in that respect. But, uh, yeah, they've got to target him and get him against some of those LSU corners a little bit shaky because I think he's a guy that can be significant in this ballgame. All right. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. See ya. Jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest line. I think you got to go. You're not supposed to win the game. I mean, just go get it. Open it up. Play to win. I like what Steve said. Try to land a haymaker. Um, you know, that, that Jason, the line could be 10, 10 and a half by Saturday morning. It's a Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game in Starkville. 11 a.m. kick. If you tailgate Saturday morning, it could be like 65 degrees. It's a beautiful thing.